Welcome to Read It Read It. This will be an extra long episode, so please try to fill out the form in the description, so we could make this podcast better for you. We will be reading from r slash malicious compliance. Our first post is by Beabalibagone. Apologies if the English isn't perfect, it's not my native tongue. Nearly two years ago I started work at company as their digital marketing person. After I started, it turned out that I was brought in to put out the fires left by my predecessor, the VP Marketing, who had a team of 4 plus himself, spent over $1 million in one year, and brought in 5 deals, two of them for under $10,000. As you can well imagine, after a performance like that, I had lots of work to do, and very little to do it with. Aside from one or two paid tools, everything else was to be done using free tools only. I'm gonna do some bragging here, I beat the previous year's figures in all categories with 10% of the budget. When I started, I thought Bossman, founder slash seer, had a really good management style, saying things like, your successes are yours, your mistakes are mine, and the enemy of good is great. I don't expect perfection, I want you to make sure things work and get them done. In essence, I was allowed to run my own one man, department and outsourced freelancers, and as long as I was getting results, he left me alone. Since I was the only person on the marketing team, I also had to learn a large number of skills and platforms that weren't directly related to digital marketing. Not to say everything was perfect, but things were pretty good. One of the main things that weren't perfect was that Bossman had serious anger management issues. As I said before, He left me alone, but I saw him blow up at and fire other people for stupid shit. He lost it at me too once or twice, but he'd calm down after a couple of hours and things would be back to normal. If it looks like an abusive relationship, that's because looking back, that's exactly what it was. As the year came to an end, I approached boss and initiated a performance review. I ran him through everything I had done in the past year, and he was pretty surprised at how much I had done with so little. I asked him for a raise, pointing out that I was currently making 8,000 slash month in local currency, averages 4,500 slash month, when people with my, now augmented, skill set were making between 13-14,000 slash month. I asked him for 12,000. He said he'd get back to me, and never did. Every time I asked him about my raise, he had another excuse. After the last excuse, I began looking for something else. The other day we had a meeting, and it turns out that two months ago I made a mistake. It wasn't a critical mistake, and it was rectified within a few hours of discovering the mistake. No harm or damage was caused whatsoever to company, but Bossman flipping lost it. I mean slamming on tables, yelling for the whole office to hear, what have you. Then he said the magic words, pack your things up and go home. Think about whether you want to keep working here. So that's what I did, and 10 seconds later I said no, I don't. I started packing my shit up, while he turned an even deeper shade of red, and got even louder. I didn't answer him at all, just kept on packing up my things, and saying goodbye to my colleagues. Turns out that being ignored really pushed his buttons, to the point where he started threatening to call security to have me removed, while I was actively removing myself and my things from the office. 
Here's a part where it gets beautiful. My country is very strict on employees' rights. Sorry, Americans. I feel your pain. His words and behavior are considered an improper dismissal. By law he's required to give me 30 days notice of dismissal, which he didn't. When he realized his mistake, he convened a pre-dismissal hearing, but it was already too late. He's opened himself up to a lawsuit, which I'm already talking with lawyers about. Because by law he has to give me those 30 days notice, even though he already fired me, for the next 30 days I'm eligible for all the benefits and social rights in my salary, but I can do jack shit for him, and there's nothing he can do to me without making the incoming lawsuit 10 times worse. I've already got 4 interviews lined up for next week. Paying almost double what boss was paying me, and best of all, I'll be interviewing for other places on his dime. The cherry on top is that because I'm the only marketing person, without me, nothing happens in the marketing department for the next month, and if he doesn't hire someone on in time, I won't be around to answer any questions the new person might have. Our next post is by Cuboid Homonym. This happened to me about 2 years ago, but a former coworker just reminded me about it, and I'm pretty sure it counts as MC. I'll try and keep it short, but it is a little long. I used to be a service manager at one of the biggest locations of a popular Mexican grill. I won't say which, but guac was $1.95 extra, and we were required to ask everyone if they were okay paying that price. One Sunday morning, our second busiest shift of the week, two of my line people called out, so we were struggling to get all of our prep done before opening at 11. We are just wrapping up when, in comes Karen 10 minutes before opening through the side door marked employees only with 15 preteen girls in tow. My cook recognizes her as she regularly comes in during the dinner shift and is extremely abusive and cruel to all the Latino workers. Karen tells me they can order whatever they want throws her credit card at me and goes to sit down at a table and diddle on her phone. Now I can't bring up her order without her standing there because of the company rules and I'm 30 weeks pregnant and just want to take my break. I prego waddled over to Karen's table to try and inform her of that when she literally flicks her hand at me to dismiss me. Not only have I been at the store since 7 and on two different people's jobs on top of my own. I have my son's head grinding against my pelvic bones and kicking me like crazy. I'm in no mood. When I try to tell her again, she looks at me with what I can only describe as seething contempt and says what part of they can get whatever they want, did you not understand? I don't care what you charge me as long as I get a receipt. Don't interrupt me again or I'll get your fat ass fired. Now I never cry, but that almost got me. Motherhood is awesome but pregnancy sucks. I finally managed to pick my jaw off the ground and stammer alright, ma'am, I'll ring up whatever they want and bring you a receipt. The girls were really nice and most of them ordered double meat, and they all got a bottled water and chips and guac. Every. Last. One. My cashier and I are just vibrating with glee as we ring them up and watch the bill climb to like $250. I brought the bill to Karen and was pretty excited when she didn't immediately check it. I made my own food and told the cook to come get me when the show starts. I'm halfway done eating when I see him waving to the camera, howling with laughter, so I head up. Karen is foaming at the mouth screaming for the manager and when she sees 
that that manager is me, she literally grinds her teeth and slaps her a seat on the table. She manages to choke out the word refund. The girls have all pretty much finished their food, so I inform her that I won't be doing that because I would lose my job for giving away that much critical inventory, meat, guac, cheese, for free. Then I gently remind her that she told me twice that they could get anything as long as she got a receipt. She just keeps demanding a refund and calling me stupid and fat, again, pregnant. At this point, her screaming is holding up the very long line and customers are shouting at her to just leave. That's when she pushed me. F asterisk CKING hard. My cashier caught me, so I didn't fall down, but two of our regulars, who are police, see it and immediately cuff her. In this state, any use of physical force against a pregnant woman is classified as aggravated battery or something like that. I felt bad for the kids, and I was fine, so I kept telling them I didn't want to press charges, but they said that at that point it didn't matter, because the woman had done it in front of on-duty officers, so she getting arrested. They had to call the kids' parents to come get them, because she was their church's youth leader and get statements. My GM came in and let me go home with a full day's pay. She tried to take the case to trial, but they had video and like 20 witness statement, so she ended up taking a couple years probation or something. All because I did exactly what she told me to. Edit, TLDR, entitled Karen gets a bill she didn't want, gets arrested for pushing a pregnant woman. Our next post is by Sheikhia Bauti. After seeing a bunch of similar threads, I thought I would post my own story that was shared by a coworker friend and her former manager. Back in my call center days a frequent issue among our female techs, my team had about 5 to 9 on average out of about 200, was to get someone who would insist on being transferred to a male tech. This happened at least once a week. My friend, Valerie, got a customer who insisted that he speak with a man before even mentioning his problem, saying no offense, honey, but I just don't think you're qualified. If a customer ever requested to speak with another technician for whatever reason, the policy was to tell the customer to call back. When told this, the customer demanded to speak with a supervisor. So he did. He spoke with the only female supervisor, Liz, on the floor who loved getting these kind of escalations, who asked the customer why specifically he felt the technician who transferred him wasn't qualified to assist him. Apparently Liz had a habit of letting any female new hires know that if a customer wanted to speak to a supervisor because they demanded a man, they are free to let her know. It gets better. Liz had told me that normally these calls end with a very resigned and defeated customer being transferred back to a different and female tech to resolve this issue. But the customer that had escalated from Valerie refused to believe that another woman would be in any position of authority in our company and demanded to speak with Liz's boss. Liz told the customer that she was the final point of contact he was going to get and if he didn't like it, he could call the corporate office. The customer assured Liz that he would do so and hung up. A week later Liz finds out that the customer actually did call corporate to complain. However, unlike tech support, the customer interaction department of the corporate office was mostly women. 
when the VP of customer service got wind of this guy, she made sure that the few male members of her staff were suddenly unavailable to speak with him and even spoke with the customer personally. Unfortunately ignorance often knows no bounds, so the customer continued to call back and harass the staff, using choice language and vague threats, until he finally managed to speak with a man, a representative of the company's legal department who let the customer know that all calls with him had been recorded, that they consider any future attempt to contact them to be harassment. And he can expect a cease and desist letter in the near future. Liz said it was the first time she had ever had the legal team follow up with anything she had did before. Our next post is by Bstross3. My doctor's office sucks. Disorganized would be an improvement. Root, snippy, god complex, they have it all covered. When it comes to recipe renewals they are very snippy about have the pharmacist fax us a request. Um 1980 wants their fax machine back. I phoned the pharmacy on Monday to ask for a renewal and they faxed the doctor's office. Crickets. On Friday morning I was the store and asked the pharmacy tech if the renewal was ready. They said they hadn't heard back from the doctor. The pharmacist called both the office and the doctor's line and left messages. When she hadn't heard back in an hour she faxed them the fourth request. When 11am rolls around and she hasn't heard back she came up with a strategy. She would fill two prescriptions, walk over to the fax machine and punch resin. She would go back to her station fill two more prescriptions and repeat. At around 1.30, so maybe 14 resins, the doctor's office frantically called her to stop sending renewal requests. And she sweetly told them that, since they hadn't responded, since Monday she was just taking care of her customer, me, and she wasn't sure they were ever going to respond. She had the renewal at 1.45 filled it by 2.15 called me, and I picked it up at 3. I love my pharmacist. Our next post is by clumsy underscore mrs. First things first, this is a story from my dad's life. He's not on reddit, and I find it too good to not be told, so I'm sharing this with you. My dad is from eastern Germany, and was born in the 60s. So he spent his whole childhood and youth and the beginning of his adulthood in this country. Part of becoming an adult in Eastern Germany was that every young man had to serve a certain time in the army. There was the opportunity to do unarmed service, but there was no option out, it was literally serve or go to jail. Also, doing unarmed service came with a ton of stigma, so most people just did the normal thing. Since my dad wanted to study theology and become a pastor he absolutely was against the system he lived in, his government, their army and the thought of shooting, but he did the normal service anyway. Not because of the stigma, but to be able to relate to the men he'd be responsible as a pastor. So to the army he went. Now, the guys there already knew he wanted to study theology, which wasn't completely forbidden, but it was looked down upon, and came with some difficulties, so the officers didn't like him very much. A few weeks in, my dad got stopped by an officer who then proceeded to berate him, that his hair was too long. That he looked like a hippie, forbidden western influence, and that it didn't look tidy, and that he should go to the hairdresser as soon as possible to have his hair cut, so it would fit the regulations. Dad didn't argue, although his hair wasn't really too long, he just asked for a copy of said regulations, so he could make absolutely sure that his next haircut would fit. They gave him one. 
Standard was that the soldiers had a normal looking haircut, so they wouldn't look like the soldiers of enemy number one, the USA, this was in the 80s, so Cold War and everything. However, that wasn't specified in the regulations. The regulations only specified a maximum length for the hair of the soldiers and a certain distance around the ears, that should be hair free. And of course my dad noticed that. He went to the hairdresser, as soon as he could, told them how much space he needed clear around his ears, and then told them to give him a buzz cut. A short buzz cut. Like an American soldier. They hesitated at first, but they did it, and my dad put his hat back on return to his army base. The officer who had told him to get a haircut was pleased, until my dad took off his hat. It must have been glorious. He and every other officer on the base was absolutely furious, but they couldn't do anything. Couldn't punish him, couldn't make him grow his hair back, nothing, the hair could fit the regulations to the letter. And my dad is a stubborn man, so he spent the rest of his service time walking around the army base looking like an American in the wrong uniform. Our next post is by Spam Junk Throwaway. To explain, I work for a national wine retailer mainly as a delivery driver, we offer free delivery straight to your door when you order from our store. In the before times, this meant maybe 10 deliveries every few days to our local encatchment as most people purchased in store, however, because we have been shut to customers for the last few months it means between 30 to 40 deliveries per day, 6 days a week. Onto the customer, let's call her Susan. Susan orders regularly, a bit too regularly, and has made it abundantly clear to both our drivers, our store manager, our customer service team and HQ, that we are unequivocally not allowed to maneuver onto her driveway during deliveries. Her house is at the end of a cul-de-sac with a driveway technically shared between five houses as a sort of branching design, so it's quite away from the main road. I had the pleasure of delivering during a particularly stormy day, the wind was driving the rain sideways, instant flash flooding across the county, I was persuaded through after the first stop and this was now only number 24 of 39. I was already not a happy bunny when reading the next address, my heart sank as I realized I would be carrying large crates of beer and boxes of wine by hand roughly 30 meters to Susan's front door, about 7 relays in total. Rolling up to said address my head went fuck it, and I reversed the van all the way to Susan's house, braced myself against the seat, to open my door into what, I can only imagine, a lonely sock feels like inside a washing machine. My glasses were instantly blown from my face, and as I scrambled to find them in the rising inches of water I hear a scream from above. Terrified that some poor person had been gusted into the upper atmosphere I whip around to see Susan protected by an umbrella, leaning out of her bedroom window shrieking at me to get my van off her property. I shout back that I have a delivery for her, my words snatched away by the wind, and point to the logo on the van, but to no avail, Susan continues her harpy-like crescendo. Fine, I think to myself, if I can't park on your driveway, you can come and pick up your booze from the road. I give Susan a sarcastic salute, jump in the van and park back on the main road. Content. Susan meanders her substantial mass down to her front door and opens the porch in anticipation. While staring dead at her, I open the back doors of the van and begin neatly stacking her boxes on the road in the biggest puddle I could reach. Susan explodes at me. Though through the gale force wind I can't hear the particular words of abuse screeching. 
I give a cheery wave, hop back in the van and wheel spin off, heart pounding like my bungee cord had just snapped mid-jump. The rest of the day is going wetly, and I get a phone call from my manager. Susan has called in to file a complaint against me, ordered that I be fired and called me a bunch of highly offensive and derogatory names. As well as insulting the wider company and questioning the effectiveness of female delivery drivers to my female manager. She was so offensive that my manager couldn't get out of her what the actual problem was and ended the rage dial by calmly explaining to Susan that she is no longer a customer with us and to never contact us again. Edit, classic I wasn't expecting this to blow up. Just to clear up a few things, Susan's house had a free parking space opposite her front door, so I would not have blocked anyone else in. I left the delivery on the pavement, not in front of potential traffic. This was in the UK so no hoa. The engine would have been off during the delivery, it's also a small van the size of a normal car. Susan has never given a reason for not allowing us on her driveway and no one else ever has. Our next post is by Creativahood7. Long time lurker, first time poster, etc. TL, doctor at the bottom. This story doesn't actually involve me, but my father. Background, my parents bought a property on the beach because it's their happy place and they didn't want to stay at hotels anymore. The place is an older property that needed a lot of love, so we've been renovating it for a good year in our spare time. Our neighbor is an older lady who runs a small motel next door. From the very beginning, she's been quite an annoyance, constantly doing and saying manipulative things as favors to make us feel like we owe her something, which usually ends in her being allowed to use parts of our property. Fun fact, an inspector that was checking on the renovations once saw her coming towards him and quipped here comes trouble. So the main story involves the side of our property that we share with her. There's a fence that she built and a small alleyway between the fence and our house which is ours and has a hose slash shower area for when you come back from the beach and want to get the sand off of you. As part of the renovations, my dad had some small aluminum panels put in on our side of the fence so that the users of the shower could have privacy. The panels are not visible from the neighbor's property and are completely unobtrusive. Neighbor sees them while passing by and freaks. Frantically calls and texts my dad begging for a call back and saying it's an emergency. My dad makes time to call, assuming the hose might have broken or something. Nope. Just the neighbor throwing a hissy fit over the panels. Take them down. She insists. My dad is a very busy man and has already had enough of my neighbor's constant annoyances. Her claiming an emergency just for these panels finally made him snap. The malicious compliance, my dad, the amicable man he is, agrees to take the panels down. As part of the renovations, he also has a gate put in front of that small alleyway area. This is not good for my neighbor, because she had made an agreement with my father to use our hose so that her guests could rinse themselves off when coming back from the beach. This precious hose is now behind a locked gate, the key for which my neighbor will not be seeing. On top of that, my father put a chain in front of the parking area of our house, which she was using as extra space for her guests, and where our trash cans are kept. Trash cans which said neighbor was using to throw away her extra trash. 
Now, our neighbor will have to pay extra for a better water plan for her motel, something she was well aware of and trying to avoid as she had previously told my dad about the numbers for water plans on her property VSRs and possibly pay for extra trash cans for her trash. My dad is a very patient man and very hard to get angry, but once you do, you're gonna regret it. TL. Dr. Dad puts small aluminum panels on neighbor's fence as part of renovation. Neighbor insists he takes the panels down. He takes the panels down and adds fence and chain to property depriving neighbor of hose, trash cans, and parking spaces she had been using and forcing her to pay for her own amenities. Edit. I did not expect this to blow up like this, but thanks. This just happened really recently, so I'm not sure if or when there will be new info, but I'll update you guys if I hear anything. Edit 2, thanks for the awards. Edit 3, I see some people mentioning it in the comments, so I feel like I should clarify. The hose was being fed through the fence, so her guests were on her property when they were using it. It is better safe than sorry though, in case of liability. Our next post is by Hextel. During World War II when US troops were stationed in Britain the US military authorities demanded that the town's pubs impose segregation, the landlords responded with signs that read, black troops only. HTTPS slash slash the conversation point com slash black troops were welcome in Britain but Jim Crow wasn't the race riot of one night in June dash 1943 dash 9812. Zero. Our next post is by Life 13 I finished my PhD in the middle of a terrible recession, and I was having a hard time finding a permanent job. I stayed afloat financially by adjunct teaching, low pay, no benefits, and by doing whatever odd jobs I could find. I was a voluntary MT at the time, and a friend was able to get me a night shift job in a local hospital as an fourth technician. Strictly speaking, that should have been a job for licensed nurses, so I suspect the hospital was violating some laws by having EMTs do that, but we were very cheap labor. The nursing staff made it abundantly clear they thought the EMTs were uneducated health wits, too suggested that I try to get an associate's degree to better myself, and that we were utterly beneath contempt. We were completely at the mercy of the charge nurses, and all they ever wanted us to do was take out the garbage and clean up patients after their diapers had exploded. Me, how did you manage to get it on the ceiling? Contrary to what the job description implied, it was actually very rare for us to be asked to start in fourth line on anyone, and even then it was usually for combative or belligerent patients. One time I was asked to start a line on a woman, and the second I stepped in the door she bellowed, I only want someone who does it professionally. I had enough practice with that sort of thing from my volunteer work that I could have threaded a needle on a roller coaster ride, and I calmly assured her I could manage it without difficulty. Reluctantly, she let me take her hand, and I was able to get the lining quickly and painlessly. As soon as I returned to the nursing station the charge nurse snarled at me, empty the garbage from the patient rooms. I asked if I could at least wait until the patients were asleep so the patient I just started the line on wouldn't erupt, but she wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. So. I did exactly as I was asked. Predictably, the woman I had just started the line on saw me with a trash bin and she started screaming, they had the garbage man start my fourth. 
What kind of a at ash percent and amp? Hospital is this? Postscript, as the early morning approached I went to the lobby, where the janitorial staff was gathering. I quickly picked up on the fact that they all had chips on their shoulders, and they felt like they were being treated like lower life forms. And I from my own experiences, I knew they were absolutely right. So to this day I make a point of being absolutely respectful of everyone, know how lowly of a job they seem to have, and to help them out if I can. That has actually paid off a lot of unexpected dividends, as the janitors have proven to have the most accurate gossip network. It seems the executives think the janitors are invisible, and the execs say a lot of sensitive things when they are around. And my corporate spies just love passing the information to me. Our next post is by Ben Brangwin. This happened a couple of decades ago, names changed to protect the incompetent etc. TL, doctor at the end. Sorry it's a bit long, but it's got karma, revenge, reversal, malicious compliance and a happy ending. Bit of background. I'd been working for a kickass medium sized ad company for about 4 years. I had a good track record, but had moved to a department that didn't really fit my skills and very tall director told me I wasn't needed anymore. I thought I was out of a job completely, but managing director called me in, told me that the company needed to implement ISO 9000, a quality standard that aims to formalize all those processes and roles that contribute directly and indirectly to the quality of the company's products. He offered me a job partnering up with an external consultant, hereafter consultant. Consultant would project manage the effort, while I was to be his assistant and full-time liaison person within the company. I later learned that consultant was a personal friend of managing director. Of course I said yes. Consultant was a nice enough person, but it soon became clear that he was out of his depth with the complexities of the project. Luckily, I had a coach, my brother-in-law, who was very experienced in this area and saw the warning signs when I talked about what we were doing. Within the company, there was a lot of skepticism because of an earlier failed project titled Quality Without Limits that soon became Limits Without Quality. So this time around we needed credibility, some quick visible wins and senior management backing. However, the managing director left the company, and that kinda screwed up the senior management backing for consultant. Worse, the new CEO was the very tall director, he erupted a very tall CEO who'd fired me earlier, and, although he knew it was important he didn't really want any involvement in the ISO 9000 project. Fast forward a couple of months and we haven't really achieved much. My relationship with consultant is getting a bit strained as I start wondering if I might become collateral damage of his lack of skills and leadership. Consultant asks me to book a few grand's worth of training for the two of us. I had to do it by a certain date. The date passed, he asked about the training. I said I hadn't booked it, he blew up to level 5 and demanded to know why. I said I didn't think he'd secured sufficient commitment from management to spend that much, and I didn't wanna get stuck with an unauthorized spend. Now he's at level 10, and the shit started flying. I was a bit taller than him, and he wanted to go into uber domination mode, so. Consultant, sit down. 
me. I'm comfortable standing. Thanks consultant. Sit down me. I'll stay here consultant. Sit the fuck down me. Shaking a bit. But outwardly calm. I'm good consultant. You need to get yourself to the fucking CEO. Explain your failure to book the training. And that you're the reason we are going to miss our first big deadline. And rectify this fucking mess you've caused. I really didn't know what very tall CEO would do, and that there was a very good chance I'd get thrown off the project and fired. Again. But it was time to come clean. So here's how I obeyed the rectify this fucking mess instruction. I got a meeting same day with very tall CEO, and told him that we had barely achieved anything over the several months the project had been running. I said that consultant was inept hadn't grasped the basic concepts of the project and that with him in the project manager role it was destined for an expensive failure. I told him about the sit down episode. I also told very tall CEO of another person in the company, who I'd approached obliquely earlier in the week, who I reckoned would be a perfect fit for the project manager role. This was late on a Friday, and very tall CEO said leave it with me, and told me not to turn up till noon on Monday. I absolutely didn't know what was going to happen, and that weekend was really stressful. Monday morning I get a call from consultant, which I ignore. Nerves shredding. Now it's noon on Monday, and I'm in the building. I'm kinda bricking it. I'm outside the very tall CEO's office and he's there with the guy I suggested, should be the new project manager. Good sign. They're laughing about something. Another good sign. I walk in. Very tall CEO, hi, meet your new boss me, thinking, shit, that went well, excellent. What happened? Very tall CEO, well, I called consultant into this office this morning and we had a chat. Me, warming up, and very tall CEO, I told him we needed a serious talk about the project and invited him to sit down. He started getting agitated and declined. I asked again. He refused. I said, either you sit down, or leave the building right now. Consultant sat down, and I explained I wanted to make some changes. Net net, he left the building with all his stuff anyway an hour later, but only after I told him why we didn't want him any longer. Me, empty speech bubbles coming out of my mouth. Very tall CEO, thought you might like the bit about him sitting down. Me, still speechless, new boss, to me, okay, come on. Let's have a catch up. I was on frickin' cloud 9 for a few days and new boss was an absolute star and I learned a ton from him. ISO 9000 certification followed, and that project success opened up very interesting doors later. TL, doctor, inept consultant tries to dominate me, and I get him fired, while keeping my job sort of select my new boss, and become a key part of a killer project with a great team. Our next post is by SGY0003. Not my story, but something that happened with my uncle during the early 2000s in South Korea, so my uncle was in an upper division head position for the company he was working for. He practically did most of the heavy lifting, so he was considered a valuable asset to the company. Everyone loved him, he had a wife and a then grade school son, Akamikazan, and was paid well. What everyone loved him about the most was that he tried to get along with everyone in the building and I mean everyone. To the interns who just started, 
to the ladies at the front desk, and even all the way to the janitorial ladies, he always made sure to greet and chat with them, and always made them feel like they belonged. Trust me, this is important later in came in Mijin, a 25 years old woman who was a new staff to join the company. Right off the bat, she was placed a few ranks above my uncle. He was rather annoyed that a younger person was giving him orders, but he had a family to take care of, so he decided to play along. At first, Mijin wasn't all that bad. She finished with masters in business and had plenty of internship experience in the US, so her skills and tactics helped the company quite a lot. My uncle began to like her until she dropped the bombshell of a policy. Apparently she didn't like the fact that the office workers were sharing the lunch cafeteria with the janitorial staffs. So she made a new policy that janitors aren't allowed lunch. She didn't mean they couldn't use the cafeteria, she was literally taking away their lunch break. She ordered my uncle to be the one to break the news. My uncle did not like this, so he contested every time she was bringing this up. It finally got to the point where she revealed how she had the audacity to make such a policy. She revealed herself to be the daughter of the CEO of the company, and she said, as my uncle quoted, if you don't like my new policy, then take it up to my dad, the CEO. I can ruin your life in an instant. This is just a taste of what's to come once I inherit the company and become the new CEO. This is when he had enough and began to meticulously plan her downfall. He first told the new policy janitor staff, and they were pissed. He assured them that he will set this straight, and told them all they had to do was to make their voices heard, and gave them few ideas. For the next few days, they went on a strike, letting everyone know how they are underpaid and starved while working there. My uncle admitted that the strike released all the built-up frustration, and the things that came out of the janitor crew were a bit more than he asked for. Some he wasn't even aware of and shocked to hear about. Mistreatment that was going on behind his back, office folks leaving too much of a mess everywhere, underpay, physical pains, long hours, etc. Granted, few of them my uncle was aware of, but not to the extent the janitor team described as. The CEO got involved and put a lot of effort into negotiate and calming them down before the Korean version of Depart of Labor got involved with the lawsuit. He promised that they would be treated better and paid better. When the dust settled, he demanded to know who was the one that implemented the policy in the first place. Mijin tried to coerce my uncle to take the fall, but he complied with what she said and took it to the CEO. He showed the new policy document signed by her, which even included the part about terminating anyone who spoke against the policy. Now the CEO was pissed and was originally planning to fire his daughter. Apparently he knew about her entitled nature for a very long time, but never expected to impact so many people. Mijin begged to stay, and the CEO allowed her to do so, at the cost of demotion from her current role which role was she moved to, you may ask? She was moved to the trainee position of the janitorial team. And the CEO even said to them oh, please don't go easy on her. Be strict on her first day. She quit after a mere week of her new role. Our next post is by I will eat I underscore.
A little bit of background. My mum doesn't like it when people outdo her in anything. Sports, maths, it, languages you name it. And since I'm on the internet, I speak somewhat fluent English. But my mum doesn't believe me and says my English is probably wrong. For context, she doesn't understand English grammar and sounds like a drunk Russian when she speaks. I haven't ever spoken in English with her ever before, and today she made the mistake of making a comment towards me that is a rough translation of, why can't my kids be smart? Why can't you speak English, real name? Come on, speak English in my native language this makes way more sense, it sounds cringy in English sorry lol, I was honestly kind of pissed off about other things she said, and I had enough and just responded in my best British accent, at an absurd speed of speaking something along the lines of, I'm fairly certain my English is fluent enough to keep up with, at least, a basic conversation. And if you think otherwise, please correct me. Thank you in advance. She couldn't keep up with what I was saying and just sent me to my room and grounded me for a week. Worth it, I'm still grinning ear to ear. Our next post is by x3n0b1us. First time posting, only recently found the sar slash. Stupidly long, but I promise this one's worth the read. TL, doctor is at the bottom, least you can do is scroll a bit. I used to work as junior admin for a medium-sized web hosting company. The actual job title went a little bit different, but junior admin is essentially what the work amounted to. The team I worked for is a sort of white gloves premium managed hosting service with a fairly steep monthly cost, intended to provide hosting support to mostly medium businesses that were paying for fairly high-powered VPS or dedicated servers, or several. On my first day on the team, I had my first interaction with one of our regular callers we'll just call Dan. Dan is extremely paranoid about his server security and virtually everything running on his server is completely customized with third party software we do not provide support for. I later found out that everyone else on the team intentionally avoided picking up Dan's chats and letting me walk into that interaction with Dan blindly was a sort of welcome to the team hazing ritual. When you initiate a support contact, be it via support ticket, chat, or phone, you have to provide either a password, pre-generated access hash, or passphrase set up by the account owner before providing support and disclosing potentially sensitive customer information. Any one of these three methods would serve to verify account ownership and allow full access to the account, including making additional purchases, cancelling services and pretty much anything else. This was not secure enough for Dan. Dan insisted that before any support is rendered, two of these methods have to be provided. As company policy only calls for one, Dan's preferences were simply annotated as a sticky note on the account, which is easy to miss. In my first interaction with Dan, he voluntarily provided only one of the verification methods, and after verifying it checks out, I began addressing his support issue. Dan flies off the handle and loses his atash dollar sign backslash carrot percent because I did not prompt him for a second verification method and launches into a really long and drawn out lecture on keeping his account secure. He eventually calmed down enough to let me do my job and provide him with support. Fast forward a few months and more than a few additional interactions with Dan, raising support tickets for asinine questions like who owns this IP address that shows as having been blocked in my firewall logs. I demand a full security sweep of my server, 
to make sure it wasn't compromised. I see that Dan shows up as waiting in the chat queue and groan to myself. The only other admin that worked that night was on lunch and I was scheduled to go on lunch right as he gets back. Not only is interacting with Dan a complete nightmare, he also take forever to get to the point and it looked like lunch wasn't going to happen anytime soon. I accept the chat. The user provides the first verification method and dutifully I asked for a second verification method, not about to be yelled at a second time by Dan. The second verification method checks out too. I ask how I can help, and the person on the other end goes, this isn't Dan, I'm his developer. Dan hasn't paid me for my work, so I want you to delete everything on the server. Working in this industry, I've come in contact with more than a few attempts of social engineering, and was completely taken aback by this guy's candor. He clearly knew our company policies, and knew that, as long as the caller was able to verify the account, and provide the necessary credentials, we would be forced to comply with their request. I quickly performed an external backup of all of Dan's files, the person on chat did not ask me to delete backups, nor did he ask me not to take any, and deleted all of the site files, effectively taking down Dan's website. I will admit that this felt extremely satisfying and taking a backup of Dan's stuff was a courtesy that I did not have to perform, given the circumstances, but knew my life would not be made easier if I hadn't done so 20 minutes go by, and I'm keeping my eye on the queue, entirely forgetting about lunch at this point. I knew Dan would call any minute now, and that I would not be able to dodge his calls at this point. Sure enough Dan's call, no chat this time, comes in. From the moment I pick up the phone, Dan is screaming in my ear about getting hacked and how insecure our infrastructure was. It takes another 10 minutes for him to calm down enough to provide both methods of verification. Before verification, I was not able to provide any account information as per policy. Once he was verified, he demanded to know what happened to his website, and with a calm I didn't really feel, I told him that was me, I deleted your site Dan. Your developer started a chat and was able to provide both of the verification methods on your account, confirming account ownership. As per policy, this provides him with full access rights and we are obligated to comply with the requests. This is not the kind of access a security minded individual such as yourself should have given out to a developer used to on his bill. I told him that I slightly bent the rules for him and took a completely random courtesy backup of his files right before the request to delete the site files came in. Few minutes later, I've got Dan's site back up and running. No idea if he ever ended up paying his developer, but we changed his access credentials and passphrase at the end of the call and Dan became a lot easier to work with from that day forth. TL, Dr. Security Paranoid and Borderline Abusive Hosting Customer shares his admin credentials with his developer and then stiffs the developer on dev work provided. Dev uses provided credentials to delete the customer's website and the customer ended up learning a valuable lesson and possibly became a better person, maybe, because of it. Our next post is by Bactothethan. I know this happened at Christmas time, but I just remember this story, even though it still affects our family to this day. A little backstory, so last Christmas my family, mon, dad, brother, 13 meters, and me, 15 meters, had to find a Christmas gift for my dad's stepbrothers 5 and 7 year old boys. 
We have to do this every year and it's the worst. These kids are the biggest brats you've ever seen. They punch, kick, make messes, and everything bad they could possibly do every time we see them, and their parents say nothing. Every Christmas, we get them a gift worth around $100 each, sometimes two gifts, but always equals $100 EA. Every Christmas, they complain they hate what we get them, and that they don't get enough toys. It's so annoying. This will be important later. So in early December, we were deciding what to get them this Christmas, and I had an idea. Go to the dollar store and just get them tons of junky toys. Nothing that will last more than a day, but it'll appear as if we got them tons of toys. My parents love this idea because they hate the griping at $75 checks and nice $25 toys. So we go to the dollar store and get a bunch of toys, probably 50 for each kid. That's only $50 each instead of $100 but oh well. Christmas comes and we go to their house. The kids eyes glow up as they open toy after toy, and for once they are happy. Their parents though, my uncle and aunt are smiling on the outside, but are giving us the stink eye, because they can tell these are cheap toys. Lately I brought this up, to laugh about at my family's dinner table, no extended family obviously, and my parents said oh that wasn't funny aunt X and uncle X were pretty annoyed at us and still are. This made me feel like I'm a jerk because it was my idea and our uncle and aunt knew that from my mom saying insert my name, pick these out. Our next post is by board underscore n underscore beard. Another blast from the past and this time some good humored compliance, I was working for an audio video slash PC rental company with a decent sized warehouse. We were tasked with building shelving to reorganize and build a small working space for the warehouse crew. A few coworkers, the boss, and I were all tearing things down, rebuilding, running back and forth from the hardware store to get wood. It was generally a fun day for me, where I didn't have to worry about timelines for getting things in and out the door. The boss, about 4 hours into my day, calls out beard. These boards are too short, go get the stud stretcher. Okay boss, where should I look? Look all over and find one. We needed to finish this. Don't come back without an answer for me. He figured I wouldn't know that wasn't real. After all I was pretty young and a lot of people thought pretty dumb. He figured it would be some light hazing. So, I rolled with it. Off I went to look for a non-existent product. First I looked at the cafe down the road and inquired about one while I got a sandwich. I checked at the convenience store when I stopped to get some tea. I checked all around the storage cubby we were going to clean out while I made a little nest to take a nap in. I checked with myself a few times before and after I took a short nap. All in all I wasted about 2 hours looking for something I knew wouldn't exist. Coming back to the boss he laughed and had a grand time poking fun at me wasting time while on the clock looking for something fake. I just or shucks boss, answered a few times. About a week later, when we went out for a drink, I told him what I did. Luckily he laughed and owned up that it was on him for sending me on the task. No harm, no foul, but hey I got a paid lunch and a nap. Our next post is by Converse1991. About 6 months ago I got a small dog bite and had to get antibiotics for it. 
one of the side effects was diarrhea, and that caused me to have to be in the restroom quite a lot at work. The diarrhea also another embarrassing medical condition that also caused me to be on the toilet throughout the day. Cast, manager, manager me, me I had just walked out of the restroom and came face to face with my manager who was on her way to the back. As soon as she saw me, she stopped dead in her tracks. Manager, op why are you always in the restroom? Whenever I'm looking for you, they always say you're in the restroom. Why is that? Me, uh, it's just a, uh, something medical. Manager, well, you didn't bring us a doctor's note. You can't be in the restroom all the time. You know how busy we get. So what's going on? Me, it's kind of embarrassing, and I don't really want to tell you. Manager, you have to tell me. Me, please I really don't want to say it. Manager, if you don't tell me right this second why I, you're always in the bathroom I'm going to have to write you up. This manager is always on my case for some reason. Whenever we are working together my tension is always increased because I know she's going to critique me for something or another. And her berating me outside the restroom in front of some of the customers really rubbed me the wrong way, so I thought, she wants to know, so I'm going to tell her. Me, okay, it's an anal fissure. It's a small tear in the lining of the anus. When I sweat it irritates it and causes it to itch. It sometimes gets itchy while I'm working, so I go into the restroom to clean it out. My manager just stood there, staring at me in shock for a few seconds. I could only guess that she was trying to process what I had just said. Manager, okay, well, you, you're... Then she continued to make her way into the back. Our next post is by Smwaran. This will be short. Very short. Sorry for the formatting and possible grammar issues. English is my first language, but I kind of suck at it. Back when I used to work at a store I'll call. Forever 22. I worked with a manager who absolutely hated me. Her and I used to go at each other all the time over random crap. Well, a couple times throughout my time working there she'd comment on my choice of clothes. Usually it was things about how my clothes are too tight for a boy. Or they were too feminine, and eventually I got fed up with it. I read into our dress code, and decided to really get under her skin. On her last day working at F22 I wore a dress. But she couldn't say anything, since I followed to dress code guidelines perfectly. I made her so dang uncomfortable. My other coworkers, who also disliked her, except like two who were her friends, complimented me. I quit shortly after that, and now I work in a pharmacy. Edit, there were other things she has said to me too leading up to me doing this. The point of me doing this is, because they let people wear what they want, especially if they're not hurting you or your job. And be don't be a jerk to your coworkers for no reason. Especially the ones who show up every day, and are dedicated workers. Our next post is by tiny underscore alien. Mobile, sorry for formatting. A few notes, I've always had a rough relationship with my mother and she and I also see very differently when it comes to seasoning food my dad is Saint Luckian, and he taught my brothers and I to season food like our lives depends on it. My mother on the other hand slaps chicken onto a pan and throws it into the oven and then yells at us when we try to season it. I have been vegetarian 
since I was in 6th grade and I just graduated high school, and I still cringe when I see her cook we never eat as a family I'm love mashed potatoes and I love potatoes in general. They can make anything and everything and they're yummy. I was craving some mashed potatoes two days ago and decided to make enough of the box kind for my entire family. While I was mixing the ingredients together and went to grab for the salt, my mother yelled at me saying it's already prezzy sewned. I tried to explain to her that this is the one you add the seasoning yourself and not the lightly salted one. Mind you she complained that one had too much seasoning still. She told me to not add seasoning or don't make it. So I made it. No seasoning nothing. Didn't add my homemade seasoning, no salt, no pepper, nada. I finished it, put the amount I wanted in the bowl, snuck in all the seasoning I wanted, before telling everyone there's mashed potatoes on the counter. She's the first one out, and I'm sitting at the table waiting. She puts a bunch on her plate, and grabbed a spoonful. She has this face of pure confusion. She asked me which box I used, and I told her the unseasoned one. She then asks why I didn't add a little bit of salt. I told her that she told me not to add seasoning or I couldn't make it. She didn't really give a response and added a bit of salt and walked back into her room to eat. I found it super satisfying, but it's not as extravagant or as explosive as others, so I'm sorry about that. Edit, holy cow thank you for all the upvotes. I usually reply to all comments, but there's so many, I'm updating every comment as a thank you though carrot carrot another edit, I didn't have any real potatoes left, thanks dad, but I needed mashed potatoes, and we had boxed ones, so I ate it lol. Our next post is by Boris Johnson's. A few months ago I was cooking pasta on a day off, and got a phone call from Microsoft telling me I had a problem with my computer. The nice Indian gentleman told me what to do, and, even though I had no computer near me, I followed his instructions and passed the embedded tests he gave me to make sure I wasn't taking the piss. Like. Him, what is the key next to the control button me, the windows key. A few more commands, and then he read me out a code to type into my imaginary computer dialog box. It went like this, him, pee me, pee him. One. Me. One. Him, pee me, d him, no, pee me, d him, no, pee 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 me, pee, pee, pee. Him, no, one pee me. One, pee, him, swears in Hindi. Me, swears back in Hindi as I randomly know some Hindi swear words. Him, dies laughing. Me, swears some more in Hindi, but going way over the top. Him, can't breathe laughing. Every now and then since that call, I answer the phone to a barrage of Hindi swear words and laughter. Awesome. Edit, thanks for the upvotes and the gold. Our next post is by Jess underscore Jess9. I, 22F, remembered story that happened way back when I was attending elementary school. To further specify I believe it would be like junior high in the US slash GB. Sorry, I don't come from English speaking county. So during the breaks we would be pretty wild, we were around 12, 13 at that time, so you can imagine. This incident involved me, and one of my best friends to this day, let's call her Kim. 
During a break we were making airplanes and balls out of newspaper and throwing that at each other, running around class, screaming, laughing, you can imagine. I mean we weren't the only two doing it, but let's say we were the most active. The bell rings, we don't have enough time to clean the newspaper that's all around the classroom and the teacher, then around late 40s F, shows up. I already finished cleaning bits of newspaper that were in my proximity by the time she walks in, so she sees only Kim trying to clean up the ragged newspaper and starts questioning her. Kim was always a smartest and a brave rebel, so she claims that she is just cleaning up the mess and she didn't do anything. The teacher doesn't believe her, since Kim had pretty much the reputation of troublemaker and pressures her to tell her what happened and who was involved, otherwise she will pull up Kim for oral examination. IDK if this is common anywhere else, but it's super common in elementary schools in my country. Almost all of the teachers do it. It is basically choosing semi-randomly one child each lesson and asking them questions about stuff from last slash last to lessons in front of the entire class. This is supposed to make the children study for each lesson, since you never know when it's your turn, but there are some ways you can cheat around it, like if you were last week, you won't be the next week, and usually you are pulled from the rotation until everyone gets their turn. Some teachers let students volunteer. In closes, where this was possible, we would plan out with classmates, who will volunteer next, so you don't have to worry every time and just learn something once. There are also written exams, of course, but those oral exams were always stressful and will usually make half of your final grade. So they are not fun, especially if you are pulled up unprepared. So her lessons are those where you can't volunteer, in fact even if you wanted to she wouldn't let you. She said the ones responsible must confess and she will test us orally if we do, otherwise poor Kim here will be one tested and we should do the right thing and claim responsibility, else she will be the one taking blame. I quickly opened my workbook and confirmed to myself that I know the stuff. I figured if I would confess. I said to the teacher it was my idea and I did it, not far from truth. She then makes me do the oral examination instead of Kim, and, UN, surprisingly I get an A in fact it was very convenient, since she basically let me volunteer, which she never does, for something I knew. Plus then Kim said to me, that she wouldn't know much, and would probably get D or E, if she would be the one tested. The teacher had the most sour expression, when she wrote A into my grading booklet. The satisfaction of getting A and being pulled from the rotation for the rest of the year is something I remember even today. Our next post is by Nightmare Care Bear. Hey all. I have a stressful job in a homeless shelter, and when people ask me how I can keep doing what I'm doing, I tell them this story. A little explanation is required, please be patient. The way debt collection works, where I'm from is like this. Customers don't pay bill companies sell debt to debt collectors. To get their money debt collectors buy the debt and charge the customers interest, basically taking the headache off the company's hands so every once in a while, I have debt collectors call my shelter, asking for one of my clients. This is how the conversations usually go, DC equals debt collectors DC high, is so and so there? Me I'm sorry, I can't release information of whether someone is here or not. Can I take a message? My clients are protected under the Public Health Information Act, or FIA, 
so I can't release confidential information unless there's a court order DC who has probably heard every excuse in the book and thinks I'm lying to avoid them, starts to give me attitude no thank you. You can't tell me if so and so is there? Me no I can't. People are protected under fear here. DC fear. At this point I know who they are and don't offer up information. I make them do all the work me explains fear all hospitals, nursing homes, and other healthcare providers us it asterisk dco. I'm sorry what place is this? Me says name of organization dc still giving me attitude, and what is that? Me a homeless shelter click, the debt collector hangs up on me. Long story short, I happily get the privilege to tell debt collectors that they are screwed and are never getting their money. Companies know damn well what address and phone number is my shelter, but still give services to my clients, who use the shelter as an address and phone number. Then the companies get debt collectors to take the debt, knowing fully that there is a very low chance of getting their money. For all of you who have been harassed, and harassed by debt collectors. Just know, I'm out here telling them how screwed they are. Karma say bitch update, it's more anger at the company themselves. And I'm usually not mean until the employee starts really giving me attitude. I've had a few yell at me when I've told them the fear thing. I understand debt collectors are doing their job, but they are 100% mean when they do it. And the debt company themselves will literally harass people. Calling them every day. I've had a friend who literally got a call at work because they found out where they worked. Our next post is by Smock1. My wife and I opened a store together that she ran. I was just the technical contact for most things, she was listed as owner, I was listed as mangler. Customer comes in and starts asking the wife questions and the customer doesn't like the answers he was getting, because girls don't know nothing speculation on my part but it fits and demands to speak to the manager. Wife mentions that I won't be in for an hour and he was free to wait or come back and speak to the manager. He decided to come back, but that just meant he sat in his car for an hour until I got there. I finally showed up and the guy follows me in asking this off the wall question and I stopped and thought about it and said I don't know, let me ask my wife and he said I already asked your employee and she doesn't know what she's talking about, so I asked for the manager, I see that's not getting me anywhere either. I want to speak to the owner now. I turned around to the wife and said he wants to talk to you again apparently. The customer then said I woman can't own a store like this, so I handed him her business card that said owner and said if he'd like to look it up on the business registry he could. My wife, being the absolute sane she is, even helped the guy after he calmed down a bit. Our next post is by Gayosl. Hello, first time poster with a short true story. My, M, neighbor, F, is a volunteer with a search and rescue dog. We are on good terms. One time she came out with her dog and a t-shirt saying you can't pet my dog, but you can pet me, so I walked up to her and patted her on the head. The confused look was priceless, and I just pointed out her t-shirt. Strangely, never seen that t-shirt ever again. Edit, I live in the Netherlands BTW. Our next post is by Chris Put. Ages ago, I worked as a busboy for a Chinese restaurant. The couple that owned it consisted of a Asian lady and her big fat American husband. 
she was fine to work for, but he was a tool. As an example, he once got mad at my sister for being $20 off on the till, and when she pointed out that he hadn't counted the change, he said, I don't count the change. Anyway, one of my friends worked as a dishwasher and BFAH comes through sticks his hand in the dishwater and says that water's not hot enough. If the health dept came in here, they'd shut us down. Make it hotter. So my friend drains the water and starts to refill it with hot water. Only hot water. So hot that he has to wear heavy gloves just to wash the dishes. Then he waits. He hears BFAH coming and slips the gloves off and continues washing carefully. BFAH walks up and sticks his hand in the water only to immediately jerk it out and instinctively cradle it in his other hand. He then stammers, th that's better, and wanders off. Everyone in the kitchen area had a good day that day. BTW, I think Asian lady finally divorced him. Our next post is by Rebecaster. On mobile, Aussie, so my English is questionable at the best of times. Tonight I was making dinner with my full of attitude preteen, PT, while I was preoccupied with the hot stuff on the stove I had her ribbon the zucchini, which she did, and placed into a little prep bowl. Having completed this task, I moved on to another task and instructed her to put the zucchini in the pan. PT, how much? A tiny bit annoyed by this question, why would I make her cut a whole zucchini if we weren't going to use it all? I answered without turning, and my tone was a bit exasperated, op, the whole bowl. Well. I turned back to the pan, to find the prep bowl, full of zucchini, placed precisely in the middle of the pan. Her little giggle of glee at her own malicious compliance was adorable, and we had a cute little mum-daughter moment. Our next post is by Wamble. Long time lurker, and first time poster to this sub. I just so happened to recall one of my own malicious compliance from a few years back. I was walking home from work, having just gotten off at the bus, stop half a block up the road. My daily route cut across this large open field next to my neighborhood. This day was different though, but I didn't realize it right at that moment. I hadn't gotten very far onto that field before I had someone yelling at me to stop. I turned to the sound and saw a security guard running up to me. Security guard, you cannot enter here buddy. Me, why? Security guard, it's a construction site I glance around the area, what amounted to a construction site was still an open field. They had put up a fence around it, but there was a large gap in it where I had blindly walked though, and another on the far end of the desire path. Aside from the fence and the security guard's truck parked off to the side, there was nothing to indicate that this was anything more than the same old grassy field. I tried to explain that I just wanted to use crossover to the other side, but the security guard would have none of it, finally saying that I'm not allowed on a construction site without a hard hat, as he tapped the one he wore to indicate what he meant. At that moment I probably had the biggest shit-eating grin on my face. I slipped off my backpack and pulled out my own hard hat. Then for good measure I also grabbed my vest vest which was at the bottom past my work duds and then did that toe point gesture to show off the CSA green triangle that was on the tongue of my sneakers which indicated that they were work approved steel toed shoes. I didn't spare the guard another look as I picked up my backpack and carried on down the path 
and for the guards part he didn't say anything further. I was apprenticing as a commercial pipe fitter at the time. XD. Our next post is by Fredzard. This happened many years ago, when I worked at Target, I was 17. Whenever the store would get a new stock, a lot of the time some of the older stock would be put on clearance, to make room for new stock on the shelves. This was one such occasion. A new brand of women's clothing had just been introduced so some of the stock was discounted down about $10 to $15. I was working on the register that day and had discounted a few items by this point. Most of the time the discounted price wouldn't scan, so I would have to change the price on the computer. My first customers after my lunch break was a Karen. Oh goody. She had mostly clothing and a few of them were the discounted ones, I knew which ones were the old stock. The first item scanned at the discounted price, but the second one didn't, the discount sticker had been half peeled off. So I cancelled the transaction, changed the pricing, and then scanned it again, to make it scan at the discounted price. Not big deal. Wrong. Karen, um excuse me? Why are you scanning that twice? I'm only buying one. You're overcharging me. Me, no ma'am. You're only paying for the one. It didn't scan at the discounted rate so I, I was cut off, Karen, not listening to me, no. You will cancel that and give it to me at the price it said on the tag. Was she stupid or just in an argumentative mood? Me, are you sure ma'am? Karen, yes. Just do your job. Yes ma'am. Instead of paying $15 for the item, she paid $30. I knew I wouldn't get in trouble because accidents happen, but I was just doing my job. Our next post is by X. Talking to a coworker about condiments reminded me of two incidents at my old job, the king of fast food restaurants. Nothing major, but they gave me a chuckle one. Lady comes to order often, two or three times a week. Always the same order two chicken sandwiches, and a double whopper with cheese, all with extra mayo. Always complains at the order box that there is never enough mayo. She says I want extra extra mayo this time. After a dozen or so times of hearing her complaints, I do what any rational person would do. I went into the kitchen, took the spatula for the mayo and fling a gob of it onto all three of her sandwiches. It was enough that I could feel it coming out of the sandwiches through the wrappers. Next time I saw her she ordered the same food, but didn't complain about not getting enough mayo too. One of the managers would always get the same thing for lunch. Whopper Junior, no lettuce, extra mayo. One time she complained to me that I didn't put enough mayo on it. Wasn't a serious complaint, but she said, put whatever amount of mayo you find disgusting on it in a joking manner. I dislike mayo, so the next time I made her sandwich I put the thinnest layer possible on the bun for her. She laughed and never asked anyone to make her sandwich again. Our next post is by Judge1991. So a comment on another post about tiny human malicious compliance being awesome reminded me of this brief story of my son. As a preface my son was two when this happened, and as most no two year old little boys are a handful. My son, Lucas, is quite smart, a bit devious, and entirely fearless. For the start of the year, and with refund money I bought new swing sets for mine and my parents' home. 
My mother cannot stand when Lucas scales anything, and upon getting this new swing set and slide he immediately tried to climb up the slide portion. My mother fusses at him to sit down and slide. Without much of a pause Lucas sits at the bottom of the slide and pushes himself up the slide and then slides back down with a very triumphant I did it. Our last post is by Ren Lobo. This is a short one. One day I was working at a box store as an order puller. My shift was almost over. My boss tells me to go load all the special order heavy good steel studs that came in onto the delivery truck. I go over to the side of the building and see a massive order of studs. They won't even come close to fitting on our delivery truck. I go back and try to tell him it's too much and will need to be at least three separate deliveries. He tells me that I don't know what I'm talking about and to just go load it. So I start to load it. By the time I was done it was stacked 15 feet above the cab of the truck and the suspension was all the way down. I went inside and punched out for the day. As I walked past the pro desk I said good luck getting the straps over the truck and left. The next morning the manager asked me what I was thinking. I explained what happened and he went and yelled at my boss. Then as per usual he stormed off like a child and didn't come back for two days. Edit. The steel studs are the kind they use to make walls in commercial buildings. They are light, but there was a huge amount of them. That's it for Edit Reddit. I hope you enjoyed. Please leave a good rating, as that really helps me out.